0: Welcome back to the People Planet Prosperity Podcast, hosted by Canada Action and Young Canadians for Resources. Today, we are joined by Christina Iverson, Chief of Staff at the Alberta Energy Regulator. Welcome to the People Planet Prosperity Podcast. Today, we are joined by Christina Iverson, Chief of Staff at the Alberta Energy Regulator. Christina, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Sean. I'm really grateful to be here speaking with you today. I think you guys have a great mission on this podcast, um, uh, to speak about such a diverse space, you know, regarding Canada's vast natural resources to young Canadians who uh, really are just going to come along and take the reins from all of us moving forward. So I think it's a it's a great opportunity to speak with you today. Thanks.
0: Well, thank you. And it's it's an exciting story to tell, and we're we're so happy to be able to connect young Canadians and industry together like this. So for the benefit of our listeners, Christina, could you just quickly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, my name is Christina Iverson. I'm chief of staff at the AER. I've been here for the last two years uh, working with our uh, CEO, Lori Pusher, who's been a pleasure to work with. Um, I previously worked in the private sector with TC energy for, uh, just over eight years. And before that I worked for a cabinet minister, uh, in politics, uh, in Ottawa. Um, I'm of Ojibwe and European descent. Uh, I've been married for just over a decade now and, uh, have two really adorable young girls. Um, yeah. And I spend my time in the summer at the lake and in the winter, I'm all over the ski hills.
0: Well, thank you for that introduction. Um, Could you quickly then tell us what does the Alberta Energy Regulator actually do?
1: Yeah, Um, so in speaking to kind of our mandate overall, and this is legislated to us by government, um, the AER is here to ensure the safe, efficient, orderly and environmentally responsible development of oil, oil sands, natural gas, coal resources, geothermal, and brine-hosted mineral resources over the entire life cycle. Um, So this deals with uh, allocating, conserving water resources, managing public lands, uh, and protecting the environment while providing economic benefits to all Albertans. And what speaks to me here at the AER is really our vision of what that mandate is. Um, And what we want to bring to life uh, through our mandate is that the AER is really a trusted regulator Uh, that delivers effective and efficient oversight of resource development. And so we really build that trust and work to build that trust every day through actively displaying values that really um, prove a trustworthy relationship. And that's what we need with our stakeholders is those relationships across Alberta. And so we work uh, to be accountable, to be transparent, respectful, and collaborative with our stakeholders. Um, something that our CEO often says uh, that resonates with me and maybe some others is that when you see an AER truck on the road, you know, we hope that and we want you to know that we're on the job uh, protecting Albertans and um, I certainly hope that too.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. And I think it's important, especially for young Canadians, to address the idea that like energy production is uh, is the Wild West, right? We might be out in the West, but it's not the Wild West anymore and that idea of responsible production. And that's what it's really cool to speak to you today about.
1: Um, yeah, that's very, very true, Sean. I mean, um, you know, that's what we're here to do is to protect Albertans and protect the resources uh, and be able to leverage them in a way that helps all Canadians. And so, um, like I said, if you see our truck, I hope you know we're here to, to support all of that mission.
0: So why do you think, why, what would you say is the reason why the work that you do should matter to young Canadians?
1: Yeah, um, I'm really excited to speak about this in particular with you today um, as you engage with young Canadians who obviously have some interest listening to your podcast in Canada's resources, how they're managed, how they're leveraged in this country, and what systems we have in place to really ensure that this is done in a safe and responsible way that Canadians expect, that all Canadians expect. Um, I'm really passionate about the work that we do at the regulator um, in trying to really navigate that balance of stakeholder interests. Um, as you can imagine, that's no easy job, but it is one that we have to do each time that we review proposed projects or make new regulations or um, you know, do anything new in this regulatory space. Um, now, uh, it might cross your mind that working at a regulator might not be the sexiest job out there. <laughs> But uh, you know, kind of hear me out. Um, where else do you really get a chance to work with literally every stakeholder on the energy uh, landscape? You know, we're able to work with industry, municipalities, landowners, NGOs, uh, governments, etc., to really wrestle out solutions to some of the challenges that we're seeing out there. Like, how do we regulate GHG emissions on our landscape? Which I think we're we're doing a great job in. Um, Alberta is really second to none, we very much are world class as far as you know, our efficient and effective regulatory environment. And this really comes through the work that our team um, does every day, we have a really dedicated team of experts here at the AER. Um, And whether that they're in our head office here in Calgary, or in our various local field offices throughout the province, um, you know, I really invite your listeners to consider the role of the regulator and the pride that comes from working together as a team, uh, towards the best future for Alberta.
0: One, I think it's interesting what you said about, um, you might not see the regulators being the most exciting career path, maybe it's young Canadian, but I was, I was having a conversation there with another young Canadian and we spoke about, well, how can young people get involved in this topic if they care about it? And, and one of the ways we talked about it was work in the industry, right? Because if you have that passion, those ideas, there's so many opportunities, including your organization, where a young Canadian can bring their passion for energy, passion for the environment, and bring them together and have a meaningful impact, uh, not just on the dialogue, but the actual practice of energy production. So it's yeah. cool that you speak into that.
1: There's so many great industry players out there on our landscape, obviously, um, you know, being part of a regulator is sometimes, you know, you hear from us when things go wrong. And that's because, you know, we're a bit of the um, the police force in, in this area. We wanna make sure that things are being done uh, responsibly on the landscape. And so we're here to, you know, work with companies for sure, to make sure that they're brought back into compliance, uh, and things like that um, to make sure that we all succeed at the end of the day
0: So I think you've you know you've kind of indirectly addressed this but why does this work matter
1: to you personally? Oh to me personally there's lots of reasons for that I would say that one of the reasons um, for me very personally is that um, I, am of Anishinaabe background, I am a member of Chippewas of Nawash First Nation, um, and I'm particularly very passionate in the space of Indigenous relations and reconciliation. Um, And so I do see kind of my role at the AER as really allowing me to have a really great impact in that space, um, to work within what is really an established Western system, to bring new perspectives and understanding of indigenous history, kind of culture, issues and opportunities. And so I think it's a real unique opportunity for me to be able to be here, to be able to bring, you know, all of my background and experience in, you know, policy development and issues management and things like that, but also to be able to bring um, you know, all of myself here, which is also to bring an Indigenous perspective to the work that we do. And I think um, given where a lot of the projects and, um, you know, resources are uh, in Alberta, um, I think it's 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 a, a good place for me to be.
0: Well, let's dive into that a bit more. So what is the AER doing in the Indigenous relations space? Um, and what are the opportunities going forwards?
1: Yeah, this is... Um, Really unique. I think that maybe people might not expect this, um, but when I first started at the AER, you know, within the week that I arrived here, I actually had the opportunity to meet with the AER's uh, resident elder. Her name is uh, Doreen Healy. Um, and she's here to provide uh, guidance uh, to AER leaders, staff, hearing commissioners, et cetera, kind of on the use of Indigenous protocols. Um, She works with us daily to engage with us in learning opportunities Um, and so being able to walk into a workplace as an Indigenous person and be greeted by um, an elder um, was very um, special and unique for me. And uh, definitely gave a feeling of, you know, an organization that was committed to doing better in the space of Indigenous relations. Um, and so that's one really great, I think, start for the AER is that we are embracing uh, Indigenous elders um, within our organization and externally to learn and grow and understand. And I think that we're trying to build those relationships. Um, and you know, it's one of the reasons. Um, it's one of the reasons why the AER is also committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and to reconciliation. You know, um, we need to build those relationships across Alberta um, to reach kind of greater and better outcomes. Um, yeah, so we are seeing Indigenous relations at the AER. We view it as showing up in many parts of our organization. Um, They guide, you know, every interaction that we have with our Indigenous communities. Um, You know, we have to better understand Indigenous knowledge, history, issues, and I like to say opportunities, of course, too, Um, whether we're, you know, developing regulations, hearing project applications, or, you know, undertaking inspections on the land, um, we need to understand uh, our Indigenous uh, communities. And their perspectives in order to um, you know really be successful uh, in stewarding um, these resources um, sorry. yeah sorry
0: so go ahead no, no.
1: No, um, I also was really excited at the AER recently. Um, we had a panel of First Nation and Métis individuals from the AER who work here with us. Um, and these are people in roles that are you know, advisors, inspectors, hearing commissioners, and even uh, board members. Um, we were able to sit down and speak to all AER employees about what reconciliation means to us and what we can do to support reconciliation in our day-to-day work at the AER. Um, And I really view those types of conversations as making me really optimistic about the future here at the AER and then, you know, beyond the AER as well. I think it's great that we're starting to have those conversations in our workplaces. Um, I'm also working on uh, an Indigenous recruitment and retention strategy here at the AER. Um, Some First Nation and Métis Uh, individuals may of course find it a bit challenging to work in the energy space for lots of different reasons and for very deep-rooted reasons as well as well Um, but you know in my small way I'm really proud to be able to bring my whole self and my Indigenous perspective to the challenge of really continuously improving in this space um, as a public servant and so I hope that more First Nation and Métis may consider working alongside us here at the AER. Um, and we would just love to have you here if, if anyone's listening that's interested in that.
0: Well, I hope those people are listening. Mm-hmm. And um, to dive into that just a, just a little bit more. We're often, especially young Canadians, presented with the idea that uh, Indigenous communities and energy development are incompatible that it's something that's mutually opposed to each other. But what would you say from your unique perspective? um, What does reconciliation in the energy industry look like and what are the opportunities going into the future?
1: Yeah, that's such a big question. Um, I really view reconciliation as relationships. So you don't need reconciliation where there's been a good relationship in the past, but when there's been some kind of kind of split in that relationship over time, Um, that's where you need to bring people back together through reconciliation. Um, And so certainly that is a process that um, is, you know, uh, for each Canadian uh, and each indigenous person here um, on these lands to go through in their own kind of way. Um, But I think it all really starts with um, relationship and that extends into the industry as well. I think people need to remember that uh, the indigenous population is not homogenous. We are um, very different. We are unique. We have, yes, some very similar experiences in the past. Many of us have grandparents or parents who have gone to residential school. Uh, families who have, you know, had to suffer with intergenerational trauma, uh, et cetera. But at the same time, uh, we're not homogenous. We all, you know, have different perspectives, and that is on every area, um, not just energy. Um, And so I think you see lots of examples out there where um, Indigenous communities and energy uh, producers have been able to come together And work towards a common goal. And we're seeing that more and more frequently uh, as we see kind of capital projects come together with both uh, corporate kind of um, producers and uh, indigenous communities as well. So I think there's a lot of positive work out there in the space. I think there's some companies that are doing terrific work out there. Um, But of course, we're at the start of this journey, and I think we have a long way to go uh so yeah
0: but it's a journey you're optimistic about
1: i certainly am and i'm really excited because i would say that you know the indigenous population in canada is is the fastest growing uh in the country and we're seeing more and more of our people uh you know rise through the uh, post-secondary institutions etc and they're getting into the workforce uh in a different way than they have before and so i think it's something that you know, uh, companies would be at a loss if they didn't really try to attract um, Indigenous uh, employees. I think you're losing a lot of great talent if you're not going to um, try to put some effort into that space.
0: Well, that's an incredibly important and timely message, and Thank you for sharing that. So expanding out a bit, when people think of the AER, the first thoughts are probably oil and gas. But can you tell us how is the AER developing, and what are some of the interesting issue areas and new energy sources it's taking on?
1: Yeah, um, again, maybe I'm 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 just too excited here, but uh, I find a lot of this really fascinating. It's a nice time to be in the energy sector. Um, so uh under the direction of the government of alberta the um aer's mandate was recently expanded from being just oil oil sands natural gas and coal to include new areas of resources uh, resource development such as geothermal and minerals um i would say that minerals is one of the biggest kind of areas that we are expanding into that is uh, relatively new for us. And uh, although we have lots of expertise in the space, which I can explain a little. um, So we're seeing the regulation um, of minerals in both brine-hosted mineral resources and rock-hosted mineral resources. Um, So you see brine-hosted minerals such as lithium uh, found in underground uh, saltwater. Um, extracted, you know, through well infrastructure and that process of extraction is something and storage is something that um, the AER has regulated uh, in oil and gas wells for many, many years. Um, and so, on the landscape, when you think of brine-hosted mineral resources like hit lithium, you're going to um, see them look kind of like a traditional oil and gas well operation. Um, And then we have rock-hosted mineral resources as well, which are those that are extracted uh, using traditional mining or quarrying techniques. And so what you see in this space that I find really interesting is that expansion into kind of the critical mineral space and the potential for that in Alberta. Um, My CEO often says that, um, you know, we didn't do a lot of exploration here in Alberta in, in our historical past because Every time we dug a hole, we were finding um, gas or oil, and so we didn't, you know, look much further than that. Um, but the government of Alberta uh, recently gave a twenty-five million dollar grant to the Alberta Geological um, Society uh, or Survey, sorry, that um, that sits within the AER, and they have been mapping um, using different technology. They've been mapping the uh, mineral resources in Alberta over the past year or two. Um, so pretty soon we're gonna see those maps and that information and data be published externally. Um, and we're hopeful that that will, you know, kind of attract some investment, of course, into uh, Alberta in that space. So pretty exciting times for Alberta.
0: Okay. Well, I know we are just talking about um, beyond oil and gas, but I wanted to circle them back for a moment because, you know, you mentioned oil and gas defined the narrative for a long time about resource development in Alberta. Uh, As a regulator, do you find, how do you find your position in relation to people who are pro oil and gas development and anti oil and gas development? Um, Somewhat sitting in the middle of that. What is that like?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the interesting part about this work is trying to balance Um, you know, all stakeholder interests. Um, And our mandate again is to make sure that we're efficient and effective and orderly and environmentally responsible in developing our resources in Alberta uh, while providing economic benefits for Albertans. And so I think that, um, you know, we try to do that every day in the work that we do. uh, And I find that the most fascinating piece, being able to sit down with all of our various stakeholders um, and try to work forward um, together. You know, you talk about uh, Alberta being traditionally seen as oil and gas, um, and now we're talking about things like critical minerals. Um, Alberta is also, you know, um, we're going to see us move forward with vast hydrogen resources here in the province as it's found, you know, with natural gas. we have carbon capture, utilization, storage facilities in Alberta, CCS US facilities, where um, which would allow us with hydrogen to produce green hydrogen. Um, you know, we already have the knowledge, the uh, expertise, and some of the infrastructure here already in place to produce uh, hydrogen. Um, and um, expanding from there, we're seeing you know geothermal and helium. Um, so I think that you know people people need to kind of rewrite their narrative or their thinking around Alberta because I think you know we're going to be a powerhouse for some time to come in many spaces.
0: So when people think of Alberta's energy and minerals uh, industry and they think of uh, the AER's role as a regulator, what confidence should that inspire in them that the industries we have in Alberta are being done to the most responsible level possible?
1: Sure, I mean, I think that, you know, nobody's going to maybe sit down and do this, but if, uh, if if one were to, you know, we really truly do have some of the most world leading uh, regulatory um, rules and regulations out there on the landscape. Uh, we have inspectors and auditors that are, you know, watching what's going on um, out there on the landscape and we're working towards even ensuring that, you know, the liability that might be left out there, that is left out there on the landscape. Um, is beginning to be turned around, uh, decommissioned, and making sure that, you know, we're cleaning up the landscape um, of this sector. Uh, One thing that's really interesting uh, is something called the uh, Orphan Well Association, which is actually industry itself uh, voluntarily uh, paying into a fund um, that will clean up uh, after clean up uh, abandoned wells uh, and infrastructure after a company goes bankrupt Um, you know I can't think of another industry uh, in in the country or outside of that you know puts that together to clean up after their you know predecessors their neighbors uh, their peers Um, and so I think that you know people should have a lot of confidence in the work that we're doing Um, many of us here are you know public servants at heart and want to make sure that we're doing the best for our province and for our children um just like uh, i think any canadian would hope that we're doing
0: well i'm glad you touched on it you mentioned the orphan wells um issue and obviously that's something where you go on any university campus it's one of the first things that's going to come up in a discussion mm-hmm. about oil and gas um, and i know you just briefly mentioned it but can you dive a little bit more into the work that your organization and industry at large is doing to Uh, remediate where where the landscape's been altered?
1: Yeah so above and beyond the Orphan Well Association um, which is uh, is again a kind of a voluntary um, body that's been established to collect funds and close down um, uh, inactive sites across the province and that's done by industry with some oversight from um, the Alberta Energy Regulator but above and beyond that you know the Alberta Energy Regulator um, just started establishing what we call mandatory closure spend targets uh, two years ago. Um, And in 2021, uh, we set a target for industry to spend, uh, I believe, 442 or 422 million uh, on closure activity. Um, But we're actually pleased to report that they went above and beyond that and actually came back with a spend over 600 million. Um, So we saw industry actually go above and beyond what was required of them Um, and so I think that can be a positive outcome and we'll see what that looks like moving forward. Um, And uh, in 2023, uh, what was really fascinating was that we took a big step forward given that uh, oil prices had really uh, bumped back up that year. Uh, We actually set the mandatory spend at 700 million. And so, we, uh, over time, are going to see that number likely increase uh, based on a number of different factors, but um, the $700 million spend uh, is in place today. And so, I think that we're going to see Alberta, over time, bend the curve on what has always historically been an increasing field of liability. And with the strategy we have in place, we're we're hopeful that we'll start to see that decline uh, on Alberta's landscape. Um, Another interesting thing that we're taking uh, that we're starting in 2023, uh, we have begun to accept nominations into what's called the closure nomination program. And so this allows eligible Albertans to nominate sites on their land for closure. So if there is a problem site, um, something that you know hasn't been cleaned up in a long time, um, or there's any other reason, Albertans would be able to actually nominate a site on their land for closure. So I think that's a really exciting uh, progress as well.
0: Well, it is really exciting. And I think it's reassuring for anyone listening that someone is watching and someone is making sure that when we do change the landscape, we're trying to put it back to, to a good quality. Um, you mentioned before geothermal, hydrogen. So how can Alberta contribute to uh, the energy transition, as it's so often called?
1: Oh my goodness! I mean, there's just uh, so many ways. I think we're going to have to wait and see what, you know, is really attracted here in terms of investment. I think that the mineral mapping will be, you know, very interesting for lots of companies across uh, the globe, really. Uh, and we'll we'll see what happens. But of course, there's a space for Alberta in the energy future, whether that be uh, oil, natural gas, and you know, in whatever demand we end up seeing. But also, you know, hydrogen, helium, geothermal, critical minerals—these are things that the world needs and is going to only increasingly need. And so, of course, Alberta is going to have a role to play. Um, And you know, I just I hope that our young Canadians continue to see that and um, and are here to innovate and move us forward.
0: Well, speaking of that, let's talk career opportunities Um, for young Canadians. Considering an exciting and interesting career in the energy and related fields, what is the AER like to work at? What are the opportunities and what advice would you give the next generation of Canadian innovators?
1: Sure. Um, So we spoke a little bit about kind of the overall mission of regulating the energy sector in a really deeply complex stakeholder environment. And that is a really great output of the work at the regulator. Um, But there is such a great span of opportunities that allow us to develop and implement our regulatory system from the start to end. Um, And these jobs are in areas like regulatory development, law, stakeholder relations, Indigenous engagement, communications, inspections, audit, finance, um we have a very big information technology team um, as we support you know over forty thousand applications a year i believe Um, and so we have a big i.t uh you know um group of folks that work here with us Uh, and of course we have you know our people culture and learning economics teams etc like you name it i think we truly do have uh some of alberta's top talent in the field um and what I would say to Canadians is that, you know, I've been in the energy sector for just over a decade, which isn't very long in the history of the energy sector, of course. But I can tell you in in over 10 years that there is really, truly um, a never ending amount to learn in a field that's this dynamic and complex. Um, it's really a fascinating and innovative space to work in. Um, The AER in particular is a great place to work alongside people who really care, like truly care about the future of our province and the country. Um, I do wake up and come to work each day kind of knowing that we're gonna work here together as a team uh, and we're gonna do the best that we can to really seek the common good and that's a pretty refreshing way to be able to wake up each morning. Um, So I guess if that sounds interesting to any of your listener, you know, check out our employment opportunities on our website aer.ca um, or honestly like please do come find me on LinkedIn and, and give me a shout and uh, and you know I can tell you some more about what we do here at the aER
0: well that is I know I'm excited listening to that well Christina <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today it's really fascinating to hear the work that the AER does it's exciting to see the future and I hope some of our listeners today, take you up on what you said and reach out or check out those employment opportunities. Uh, Listeners that was Christina Iverson from the Alberta energy regulator on the people planet prosperity podcast.